0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash
2: aware. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Uh, We managed to talk about the uh, three games against Spurs today. we got a decent review on the uh, Manchester Derby and uh, Foden Marez and other business going on at Manchester City I'm here with Adam I'm here with Sam it was a good chat enjoy Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising
3: Good evening and welcome back to the Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising it's Manchester Derby week and I'm joined by Mr. Glassar Full himself it's Walter Smith hello
4: how are you doing?
2: It's uh, I always love this the uh, build up for this week. It's uh, some
4: people dread it. I love it,
3: and of course, Mr. Sam Lee, who's uh, in the blue half of Manchester tonight.
4: Uh, pretty much always these days. <laughs> yeah, hello.
3: Um, get in touch tonight. We've got a really chocker show. We haven't been we haven't been live since uh, the the Spurs. Well, yeah, that's we'll, mad. We'll, yeah. Well, I thought
4: about that earlier. I thought, has, has it really only
3: been six days ago? Obviously, we're going to talk about the Manchester Derby later on and we're going to have a little bit of a chat later on about Phil Foden, who's now scored in every competition he's played in this season. But we want you guys to get in touch, as always. Give us a call on 0345 111 7625 or text us on 87711 or if you're on Twitter, it's at MCR Footy Social. But first, as I mentioned, the Spurs trilogy. Who wants to walk us through it? So let's go all the way back to Tottenham Hotspur away in the Champions League, the start of... uh, what was a mad, mad week?
2: Oh, it was a mad week. Uh, and I thought th- we were sort of at a severe disadvantage as well because we'd been down in London for a half-five kickoff, I believe, against uh, Brighton in the FA Cup. So we only had, you know, a few days to prepare for it and um, the squad rotation that obviously Pep felt he needed to do. But then you had Tottenham I had nine days to prepare for this and it was at their home ground. So it infuriates me in some respects that, you know, the FA. As he seemed to have uh, bent the rules now for the Champions League and uh, who plays when, why couldn't he have done that for either City, Tottenham? I just thought everything was jam packed into those few days. And City, to be fair, they looked leggy on the night. They looked a little bit off the pace. And, you know, there was um, not as our first team, our strongest 11 certainly wasn't playing. So that's, I think, was the Achilles heel which undone us over the two
3: legs. Sam, is that. Is that the issue? Is it because of the squad rotation, or was that was that Pep planning too far in advance? What what went wrong on that night?
4: Well, I mean, I, I suppose the whole the whole debate really does go back to the reasons behind you know picking that team in the first leg. I mean, there's no point dwelling on it too much because it's gone, and you know, and to be fair, the second leg there was enough there to go through, wasn't there? But in the first leg, I, yeah, I suppose it all comes down to that decision. I, I mean, I can personally understand the reasons for it. We've spoken a lot about that. Um, I did. I did this show the night after that game, having come back from London, and you know I'm sure it's been talked about a lot since. Uh, you know, basically he wanted to have a close game, not lose it in the first leg, which he kind of feared they could. And again, maybe you know that fear is you know Guardiola's kind of paranoia in these big games, the whole overthinking it thing. Maybe that contributes to that. But you know there are reasons to believe that with Liverpool last year, you know Leon this year, even Schalke, you wanted to stay in the game and you know, Aguero's missed penalty. Exactly. If... Dalf, Dalf having been at left-back because, you know, Mendy was injured, Zinchenko was injured, um, Bernardo being injured as well. You know, if Bernardo had to play that role in Cedemarres, then you've maybe got a different game as well because in terms, in terms of the attacking, you've got just a, a just more, much more consistent threat. So it, in the end, on the night, it came down to fine margins. Whether that's Guardiola's fault, in inverted commas, comes down to your perspective on... Yeah. What do you think about his team selection? Because the, the other argument is, if they'd have played their normal game, maybe the City would have won. But Guardiola's thoughts was, if they played their normal game, maybe they would have lost.
3: Well, they they seemed, well, Pep's first team, as it were. We we definitely played it in the second leg. It's just a shame that everyone forgot how to defend for for 15 minutes. But yeah. that game for me, we attacked as well as we have done all season. It. There were a few chances where we should have scored. There was there was one really late on with Gundogan, wasn't there? What, yeah, in the near post, which yeah. felt like the moment. However, we know what the moment is. Walter, cheer me up! It's it, <laughs> it was it was what, the probably the weirdest I've ever felt. I don't think I think that's
4: unprecedented, and I don't think that's good for people either.
3: Uh, it was. It's ten
4: times worse than a last minute goal against you, isn't it? And it's just yeah. Celebrating for the full. Are you minute. on about the VAR? Yeah,
2: yeah I, I'll tell you what I think about the
4: VAR is. Uh, I mean, that was for me the biggest kind of
2: celebration since the Aguero. Yeah, it's so, easy. I mean, the whole place just went crackers, and you know we had families. I, I was hugging strangers. You know, just everybody jumping on top of it. Limbs, I think they call it. The, the, <laughs> the, the kids are today just limbs everywhere, and wh- what it does for me is. In all the Tottenham players that were down and out. There was yeah. nobody contesting yeah. this. This that, that, that was their dream shattered. So then it went to this VAR, and then you know the correct decisions being called. But what it does, and it's not just a Manchester City. I you know we, the people were poking fun and you know uh, giving us grief, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which is part of football. But what it does, every team should realise that. Do you celebrate a goal? Do you know? Do you do you lose yourself in the moment of football because everybody around me, compl- you know, because we're not used to this var, everyone just completely lost themselves in the moment, which is part of the beauty of football. Yeah. And you know, I'm s- in so many ways, I'm for var. Uh, then this, and especially, you know, the the the, the referee was given two sort of uh, views of the handball, yeah, yeah, and he hand wasn't ball. shown the handball. So I, I agree, it's going to get better. But as teething problems, and as that ability to lose yourself in a game, you know, and that's why we go. You know, you lose yeah. yourself with you know the people around you and the, what you're watching unfold on the pitch. If that's taken away, one of the essences of football is taken away. So you, it's, you've got to be careful, I think. And I, I, it was quite a worrying thing, not just for City fans but all football fans yeah. who go to games.
3: Well, I, I wish I could have bottled that moment. When when it went in, or we thought it we thought we'd scored and we thought everything was fine. Thought, right. And immediately in my head I thought, it's all it's all just fallen into place in that in that <laughs> moment yeah. of time. Sterling score's the winner, which would have been his hat Hat-trick. trick and everything was so perfect. And like you say, for for those of us who, who go and are lucky enough to go to games, that's why you go for that moment, that Aguero moment, imagine That Aguero moment had gone to VAR. Obviously we know it wouldn't have been offside, it wouldn't but the emotion's gone. As soon as it went to VAR, everyone just stopped. You can't tell me, even if that goal's given, that celebration after VAR would would have just been anything more than a bit of relief. The the issue now, like you say, is when when are you allowed to celebrate a goal? I just wish, I wish the linesman had put his flag up. Because then you know it's coming.
4: You it, know it's cool. That's England, but they don't. And that's, not, that contributed to it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, the linesman probably didn't spot this one anyway. Because I, it was I think that's never, ever, it,
3: yeah. ever being given. It was so but tight. But even
4: if, even if he was like, played on and he was about a yard offside, the linesman would have kept the flag down anyway. And that's going to be the big change. Because now, the best example is, and I don't want to bore everyone with this, because I've been saying this for years. <laughs> so anyone who's been paying attention to me anyway is going to be bored by it. Um, but the best example is, if your striker goes through on goal, everyone looks at the linesman. The, the striker looks to the linesman. Yeah. yeah, If he goes through, scores, everyone goes mad. And you think, that's absolutely fine, that's a goal. Now, obviously, the linesman isn't going to flag. They're going to wait. And that's where the doubt comes in. You think, do we celebrate? Because those ones are going to be pulled
2: back. What's
3: the point in having linesman? Yeah, it will well, get to no, that stage. There, got, uh, there isn't one.
2: No, there is. You've got uh, which, way, which way the uh, throw-in's, <laughs> throw-ins. going to go. But, I mean, uh, that's the point, you know. That that's their job in many respects. Yeah. Or maybe they can spot certain incidents. Uh, I, I remember it was the linesman who spotted Joey Barton with his elbow. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they've still got a role to play. But, I mean, their main job, or the, I suppose the main job, the main sort of impact that they have on a game normally is with these offside decisions. And... Uh, I don't think he's, I don't think anybody saw it, it's just so, some guy on the telly saw it and our dreams were shattered.
4: <laughs> can, I, can I just paraphrase, well, not paraphrase, directly quote from Guardiola on Friday when he, when he said, talking about VAR is effing boring and can we just talk can about... Can we stop, can but can it's,
3: it's can gone... We go, can we just move on? It's gone from, though, hasn't it, VAR's meant to stop this. It's just making yeah. it worse.
2: Well, it's better than discussing the FFP, to be fair. Yeah, that's very
3: true. Don't get Sam started on that. The handball, I don't. Again, let's not dwell on this. We'll move on to the side game, But the handball well, the was a game weird was my one.
4: The handball. Oh yeah. I because can't. for me, <laughs> we're still on this side. Uh, no,
3: but I think I think we'd probably all agree that in the Champions League. Well, this is me with very very bleed tinted glasses on. That in the Champions League this season, given the right angle, was probably handball. In any. Common sense game of football. It's not handball because he can't get out of the way. But as we've seen from from other games, penalties gone against those. Yeah, but the, the hands have been one,
4: the hands have been away from the body.
2: Yeah,
3: they? it's just
4: see. I disagree with you. The, I
2: think it's hit his hand, gone down onto his leg, and then gone back in, gone into the yeah. goal. So the hand has been part of the goal scoring process. So I think if he's seen that, there is no way he's going to give it. But the fact that somebody somewhere has given him t- two different angles to have a look at that doesn't show the infringement,
3: you've got to be kidding. That was weird. That was weird. But, like we say, let's let's not dwell on VAR, but by all means... Well, the get-
4: reaction to all of that, I mean, because I was talking about this with May 2 City fans, and the stuff I was saying, like, you know, it's ten times worse the last minute, goal was completely new. Yeah. To have those kind of wild celebrations for like a full minute, and then to have that ripped away, you know, I knew a couple of... People were saying, you know, they took a couple of days to get over it or whatever. And then well, Friday or maybe Saturday morning, I thought, hold on, how's this going to even affect the players? You see the picture of, like, Gundogan crying, yeah. what he'd said beforehand about... Pep on his knees. Yeah, exactly. And you think, how is this going to affect them? And then they got Tottenham again, and fine. City had the advantage over Spurs, and, you know, they could rotate the team a bit more. They had fresher legs. But in terms of the mind, I, I was thinking, going into that game, well, this is, I mean, this this could be where it goes, but again what I was the so is impressed. proof of city's resilience
3: so on to Saturday's game the final in this trilogy we've we've lost 1-1-1 and been heartbroken this was the game um that like you said I thought after Wednesday after Wednesday night how are they going to be in the right mind i was worried about temper because we know some of our players have a Exhaust temper saw Sterling's
4: temper for the well, first time yeah
3: i've never seen that before but i thought the way that they came out the start of the game on Saturday was just excellent even, even the fans everyone seemed right back up for it for the first 10 minutes and oh, just thank God we got the goal because the rest of the game I don't ever want to see any of it well I know again. Tottenham
2: <laughs> in the Champions League only had three shots on target do you know and uh, they had they, they went got... in but they all went in, which is yeah. fine. But they they had better chances. of oh, yeah. didn't score in the league. Yeah, and as I said at the time, it was Pep's job to make sure that that Champions League result didn't bleed into the rest of the season yeah. because we could be still on for an unprecedented domestic treble. No yeah. one's ever done this before. And you know, so if somebody said to me at the start of the season, "Look, you're going to go out in the Champions League, but you're going to win all the other competitions." you'd say, oh, I'd bite your hand off for that. You know, yeah. that's, that's the stuff of
3: dreams. And it, it felt big at the end of the game on Saturday. And they got they got it off the back, I think, from Wednesday, and that was so yeah. important for the players to not, especially when the, the game was so tense at the end. I, I was thinking at the time, if, if we manage not to win now, <laughs> late on, after what happened on Wednesday, you, you that, just hold your hands it, up. Yeah.
4: But, that would have been
3: it. Yeah, I was, I was dead impressed, and some of the performances were were top draw. Bernardo Silva yeah. is just an animal. <laughs> how does... I don't know how he does it. I don't think I've ever seen a player who can run at everyone.
2: He is just the Manchester bumblebee, isn't he? <laughs> he's just here, he's there, he's everywhere, you know? But it's also that <laughs> intensity, to... you know, just... It's that intensity that he brings. I mean, I remember him going in and uh, shoving over Van Dijk but you know he's, he pushed him, and he must be only almost waist high to him. <laughs> this, you know, this is a, this is a, a kid who just doesn't give up. You know, he's, um, he's got that sort of steely mentality, a little bit, a little bit like De Bruyne has. You know, where he brings this A game and this complete winning attitude. Doesn't matter. You know, I can imagine. You know, he, he's got the young kid and he's playing and he's just beating the kid at absolutely everything. He's just got that winning mentality about everything that he does. And it
3: shines through so much, especially with those it's two players. It's infectious as well. Yeah, of course he, it is. he gets the crowd up every time. Yeah, and it's almost like he, he does that on purpose. One, one player we'll touch on just before we uh, move on: gundawan We we talked about him Sam last time we were together. That he's he's become so important, but it seems like he's going to be off. So, yeah. I don't know how how you think he's played, but I I yeah, really like him.
5: I like he was really
2: him. Really good recently you know he's played really well recently and i do like what he does and I, the thing i like about him over is the overall package of him is there's no grief off the pitch it's he brings what he brings on the pitch yeah. you know you never hear any mario balotelli stories <laughs> etc but he's also that player who's not in the first 11 but the drop off when he comes when he has to play is nowhere near as much as the drop off in any other midfield in the country when they have they're, yeah. they're Kevin De Bruyne whoever that might be when they have to bring a substitute on. The drop off, the percentage drop off, is massive. But with Gundawan, he's just professional, isn't he? Everything he does.
3: What do we think about De Bruyne? Let's. It, a... This is a weird one. It, it was the, the the biggest downer about Saturday. It was a great performance. Everyone dug in. We got we got the three points, and we we carry on with a few games left. That that felt well. He looked genuinely sad after that one. I know he does often. But he said s-
4: before the game, he, he I think he even said, "I want to win it more than any of my teammates." In Champions League. <laughs> well, so looking, he, he was pretty much crying. That, wasn't that he?
3: celebration when when he well when he went over to the fans. Um, against Tottenham in, in the Champions League. I've never seen him do that before. He was he was in everyone's face, he was shouting in the camera, and, yeah.
2: He's just like the incredible Hulk, but he doesn't go green. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> when, can just see him. But when he got injured again,
3: him. though, yeah. I just thought, it's just well, a it, sad end. But
2: It's a sad end to his season, but what I would say is, I, I, I'd be there, well, I'm no medical expert, as you know, but if, if he's not got a chance of coming back, even for the cup final... I'd just wrap him up in cotton wool. Go on holiday. Go on holiday, get yeah. your beach, get your, you know. Whatever well, you Guardiola mean.
4: said he could play two or three games, and there's only no. more four left. No. Well, five. The it,
3: final. I. This is a, a weird opinion, He'll play probably amongst... The final if he's I think so, but it's kind of a weird... I, don't, I wouldn't... I'm not Pep Guardiola, thank the Lord, um, for City fans' sake, but I... <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't think we missed him as much as we thought in all the games he didn't play. And well, well, that's the majority my, my of the big, season. My big
4: thing is, so look, City have come this far. Yeah. Look, how, look how close they are to, to to this domestic treble and how close they were actually to going through to Champions League semi-finals. Largely without De Bruyne. They've come this far.
3: What's you know, you'd, Look,
4: you'd want him at United. I would have loved him tomorrow night. We will him talk about tonight. that. But, well, yeah. yeah, come this far. There's, they can do it. But also, the way Pep's talking about it and the way he's saying... Oh, he won't be able to play in the derby, but we'll see. You know, I think what he means by that is we'll see how he is in training. I don't, I, can't, I don't think he'll be out for long. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I've been away, so I've not spoke to anyone. I've not heard anything. Just what Guardiola said today, but if he's talking about two or three games, it it might only be, you know, a week. Because like Bernardo missed the Spurs game, but he was back on, he was back for the next leg. So it might it might just be one of them. And obviously, look, it's not, it's a lot of things are on the derby, and if City win that, then it's just look. Go to go to Burnley, play Leicester, go to Brighton, just play your normal game, create 30-odd chances, take a couple of them, you'll be fine. And if you've got De Bruyne for them, then you're going to need it. But it's still going to be nervy. Look, if United's out of the way, it's still going to be nervy. So if he is fit, I, I don't say keep him in cotton wool for next season. I say if he's ready to play against Burnley, chuck him in there. Because well, even if City wins tomorrow night, it was still, obviously, there's a good chance of that. There's still free. It, yeah, it really does good. seem like that's it. And for Liverpool, no. I think Liverpool will think that was probably our last chance of city dropping points. It will seem that close, but we know not. that that's the mentality more. will change again Thursday morning, Friday morning. oh hold on a minute. Burnley could be difficult no, yes. no. well if you
2: think about it, we got a hundred points last year and we dropped two at Burnley exactly yes so that's there's nothing true. there's nothing for granted, taken for granted when we uh, first won the league uh, the Premier League in two thousand and twelve, we were eight points behind United with six games to go. Yep. they were celebrating.
3: Well, so this this time, for this time five years ago, uh, in 2014, yeah, 35, yeah. 35 games, wasn't it? And there were still points left. Or was it thirty four games? Yeah. Four games to. Get? It was
4: this weekend. Yeah, yeah.
3: This weekend was uh, the Gerard yeah. incident. <laughs> um, but we it's will yeah. we will get onto the derby after the break. You're making me nervous now. I said I said before well, the show. i I've, I've got no nerves now about the derby. But I'm sure Walter will bring us all round. Get in touch with us on the text eight double seven double one or on Twitter at MCR40Social, Or give us a call. 0345 311 7625, and we'll be back talking about the Manchester Derby.
2: Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show.
5: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why, if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads.
0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
2: Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising.
4: Hello and welcome back to the Manchester Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. I'm Sam Lee, I'm with Adam and Walter and we've got plenty to get through to, still tonight um, if you want to be involved you can give us a call on 0345 7625 give us a text on 87711 or tweet us at MCR Footy Social later on we'll be talking about Phil Foden and has Pep Guardiola been justified in his handling of the player <laughs> maybe tied in with that, David Silva you know, what mm. does the rest of the season hold for him but now you know we talked about it enough in the first bit. Spurs leading right up to this, well, yeah. a mad derby it could be. Uh, I'm going to let you lads crack on with the start, and I'll, I'll jump back in when you need me. What, what do you reckon tomorrow night, boys? Uh,
3: well, well, it it screams best and worst time to to go to Old Trafford. They're on the back of a four 0 defeat, which is great and really bad form. They seem like the squabbling, falling out in the in the dressing room by all accounts. Um, Solskjaer's questioning if the if the players even want it. The players are spending more time apologising than they are doing running. So it, that seems like a great time. But on the flip side of that, this is now a time where if they'd have got beat 1-0 at Everton, it's not it's not a disgrace, it's not embarrassing, but they're going to have to come out and at least show something. Because as much as the fans might say, oh, we don't want to win because we want, we don't want Liverpool to win the league, they also want to see their team at least have a go. And that's... That's what I hope is the best that they can do tomorrow. Have a go. I just hope, as I said earlier before the show, I really hope that Pep tomorrow just goes in with what he what he knows is our winning formula and doesn't try doesn't try anything that that seems weird. I mean, to be fair, starting Phil Foden against Spurs seemed that weird. That was weird, wasn't it? But he was justified in it. But whereas the the Spurs away leg in the Champions League, that seemed weird and it was weird. It felt weird even during the game. But for me, our mentality is strong enough now that they can just go there, rock up and think, you know what, forget that this is a derby. We've just got to win this game and then win the next one and win the next one. But to go into a derby as as stronger favourites as we are, Ferguson said back in 2013, lest we forget that not in my lifetime will City go into a derby. Well, will United go into a derby's underdogs? Tomorrow, City are 1-2 <laughs> on to win away at United at Old Trafford. What what odds can you get on United, Walter? I believe uh, it's 6-1. to one. <laughs> That's just, funny, isn't it?
2: <laughs> just like the 6-1. Take it, take it. It's just uh, my favourite derby of all time. I know... Um, what I would say to City fans, if they're feeling a bit nervous, is if you take your emotion out of it, and if you were looking at, just imagining a, in a weird universe where, we'll take Chelsea for example, a Pep Guardiola and this set of players, and they needed to go to Old Trafford and win, you'd back them. The bookies are backing them. It's just because we're we're we've got that much emotional investment in in the game that we're all kind of like. Ooh, do you know what I mean? We're kind of getting a starting to second guess ourselves, and it's perfectly correct. I mean, about Pep Guardiola, sometimes he just pulls out a rabbit out of the hat, and you're thinking, oh. But more often than not, it works. Yeah. And that's you know, you either buy into a hundred percent Pep, or you you don't have him at your club, and there's not another manager in the world that I would want. And if you if you're getting nervous about it, go down to the book. Just take a look at the bookies' odds. Yeah. We, I mean, United are. It's not for no reason, one. is it? No, it's not for no reason. And you know, you know, if, if you want to put a safety bet on, you know, make yourself <laughs> feel somebody. better. I don't know, but it's um, it's just one of those situations where we've got the better players. Yeah. You know, if if you went through and said, right, we want the make a make a Manchester eleven. You know, <laughs> the case for a lot of those United players. Is is starting to fall short. And let's get this right, if United had won at the weekend, they'd be in third now. But it's just that City and Liverpool are so far ahead of the competition. You know, it's almost like neither team deserves not to win the league with the points t- sort of total that they've got. So well. as I would say, Adam, take the emotion out of it. Yeah. I know it's difficult, but take the emotion out of it and have a look, player for player, pound for pound. Who's got the better team? Who's got the better squad? And I know things, you know. It's that's the beauty of football. It's not. It's not always the um, the person with the most, you know, best players. You know, we used to turn United over sometime, sometimes, and we were garbage, you know, for many years. But there was that one time you would turn them over, and that's why we all follow football. And that's the beauty of football. You know, it, there's no nothing set in stone. Probably apart from Liverpool and Huddersfield, that is. <laughs> yeah, but there's not much. You know, there's there's not nothing
4: set in stone. So take the emotion out of it and enjoy it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Really, um, look, a lot of the talk about United since Sunday has been they need a reaction. They're going to be motivated for it. But so City, City are motivated for it. Yeah. You know, City have got the better players, the better team, the better manager, all of that, and the motivation's there as well. They know their job. As I was saying before, if you win this one, it's in you know it's in, City it's the home it's home in straight, City's home street. It's in City's hands. Isn't it? It's just you can go to games there and where you expect to win and play the normal game. And you will do it. And, yeah, I completely agree. You know, there will be so many people, City fans, listening to this, probably every single one, who at some point in the last week has, has thought, oh, I've got a feeling about this. Spurs are <laughs> going to equalise. <laughs> oh, Palace are going to pull it I, back. I thought it that It doesn't Palace. happen. Cut through that. Exactly. Yeah. Cut through that. Cut through the pessimism. Look at it. And look, look. Like well, what says, you know, upsets do happen. United have got quality players. United, you know, Pogba playing a ball through to Martial on the break is different to... Most of teams in the Premier League who can counter-attack on City, there's a bit of quality there that a lot of teams don't have. But if you look at it with cold eyes, City have got the better team. They've got the, they've got a greater motivation than United have. And, well, I suppose as Guardiola said today, may, again, maybe he was poking the bear a bit unnecessarily, I, but yeah, Old Trafford is no longer a scary place to go for teams, especially for City.
2: Well, I think, he, I think he's a bit a bit daft. I think he's almost uh, written the Man United motivation team talk you know, they just put those quotes up and then that can come back to bite you. I mean, what was interesting before was just sort of the differences between the teams and the squads, et cetera, et cetera. If you look at how we were talking about Kevin De Bruyne and that will to win, and it's almost... He plays both sides of the game. You know, he's got this wonderful technique, but he's he'll get back and he'll st- you know stick a foot in and he'll take it personally if someone takes the ball off him. He'll chase them back. And then compare that to United's talisman. Pogba we're talking about a player who's got all the talent in the world but just doesn't seem motivated bothered he's not got that pride in himself that pride in the shirt you know we're talking about we could put forward a case that he's Man United's best player if United sold him tomorrow there wouldn't there wouldn't be outrage from the stands you know if, if Pep Guardiola decided to get rid of Kevin De Bruyne There'd be riots outside the Etihad, but that's the difference, you know. That that's that's the mentality, you know. Pogba can bring that, and we've seen him bring that mentality to a game against Manchester City, but it's not often enough.
3: Yeah, and and hopefully, well, he he was good for that second half last season at, at the yeah. Etihad. But again, that all that did was just prolong the inevitable. So that was a very different game for City, where us losing that it was a bit embarrassing because we no doubt had lots of plans to celebrate that day. But this time, the players know, you go there, you get a win, you get three more wins, you you win the league. This, this for me, is very much go there, get the job done, get the job done, get out. I saw a United fan uh, tweet before, um, and I, I was inclined to agree that City will beat United tomorrow in the tunnel before they go out. And when I was talking about that, that's something that used to happen. If you, you don't, <laughs> not with. Well, I hope it is with milk again. That was the best bit. Um, but you're looking across now at those two teams, and you just think, "Come on, who, who's going to want that?" And i well, will talk about the team in a sec. But well, I think Company will play. Well, yeah, honest.
4: yeah, because he's Company, the, Fernandinho, those two for the sure. spine,
3: and David Silver Because I think he's he's just going to go for who's been here, who's who's got it done here before in in as as difficult. Situations. Company probably scored the most important derby goal we've ever, we've ever seen at the Etihad. That one nil. Yeah. Where I where we just about the jump? Yeah, yeah. He's still, he's still jumping. <laughs> um, he knows what it's like. Silver knows what it's like. Aguero knows what it's like. That that spine for me tomorrow starts. I know that we'll we'll talk about Silver later in the show, but I I think that's going to be important tomorrow. And I don't think they've got that. Like you said about Pogba, I don't think you've, they've got those players now. We've been there, especially in in a derby where, I mean, let's be honest. United don't need to win tomorrow. If we put it that simply, if they don't win to no, tomorrow and beat Chelsea, they're still well in the in the hunt for the top four. So we're quite fortunate in that regard that they don't need to win. But like you said, if you if you take all the color out of it, black and white on a piece of paper, City got the better team. City have to Solskjaer
4: might even you know for all Solskjaer's big words about you know. Some you know the attitude of the players isn't right. He was talking about it Friday, and he's really st- stoked it up yeah. since the Everton game. He might drop some of these players, yeah. Because you've also got you got the opportunity to. You could arguably say he was resting them for Chelsea if he needed to get out if they lost against City. But he could also send them a message. Now there's talk about Lukaku going. You not know, obviously, Pogba. He's not gonna. He's not gonna rest De Gea or drop De Gea. I wouldn't have thought. But there'll be a lot of players there. He could justifiably start on the bench. And, I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be any part of him that, you know, doesn't want Liverpool to win the league and that kind of stuff, but we don't really know how much of a mess it is at Old Trafford at the minute, because the it's Japanese one of those... World. Yeah, well, yeah. That's what he said. You see, what, yeah, we, see one of, we see this situation where, oh, yeah, well, again, it's kind of the pessimism from the City point of view. It's, oh, United will need to react and they will come out fighting and all this. And you can see that in some of the players, but if some of them really aren't bothered... If some of them really are strolling around and not, if, if they don't the only care about to... their re- reputation, if that, yeah. then, like, yeah, the Japanese knotweed, maybe, maybe it's just, maybe it is an absolute mess. Like Mourinho, you know, people were thinking, you know, the game before Mourinho went, he went to Anfield and they were like, oh yeah, maybe he you can, you can pull off a, a big win here. No, because the dressing room had gone, the dressing room had gone at yeah. Anfield and United went there, fined a couple of Shaqiri deflections.
3: Unlucky oh, in got, that sense. But got yeah,
4: well beaten. Didn't, yeah. Deserve, didn't deserve to win. It could well be a similar situation already. I mean, you can do old United show on that, and you know, the show tomorrow night before the game. Yeah. There'll be a lot of United views on whether it's got to that situation already under Solskjaer, which would be incredible, really. But that, might, that could be the case, you know. It could be the case well, where, look, well, United will be backed by the crowd, but if City keep the ball for the first 10, 15 minutes, well, that'll be
3: gone as well. One thing on that. And this is not the place. We're not slagging anyone off for for not selling tickets. We we've already come out and said that that's all nonsense. But it's so rare for United to have released tickets the day before a derby, Old Trafford. That's just bizarre for me. Uh, I don't think that happens normally, and I don't know whether that's a lot of the oh we don't we don't like we kind of want City to win because of Liverpool, and there might be a bit of that. But one thing that strikes me is what happens tomorrow night at Old Trafford. If City go and embarrass United, how how toxic does that then get between the fact? Sam, you might know because you you well, sat in stands see. everywhere. What what happens then if they get embarrassed? So the Barcelona steamrolled them. Three Everton nil. Everton embarrassed them. Four nil. I think tomorrow, so safe tomorrow, yeah. If if City I think it would be
4: more confusion than anything. Because I mean, if you look how defiant the fans have been with even with Moyes, I mean, there was the there was the plane banner, wasn't there, infamously with Moyes? <laughs> but a lot of the fans didn't. You know, were very defiant, and it yeah. was more kind of more 20 times and singing about the club's history and that kind of stuff. With Van Gaal towards the end, there wasn't really an out, outright revolt. Even then, Mourinho towards the end, a lot of fans were unhappy, yeah. and a lot of fans on social media were unhappy, and you know, social media and match goers. But at the game, that never really spilled over. You know, there were the groans and stuff like that, but it never really got outright defiance. And <clears throat> look, if you're not going to turn on a manager like Mourinho. You're your not going to turn on Solsha. Well, that's great. So it's just going to. I mean, I just think. I just think it will be more defiant, more cheering about the club's history and that kind of stuff. And he might just be putting a brave face. Well, on. in in the case that it's a it's a heavy defeat. Like what
2: it reminds me of. It reminds me of. Um, <laughs> no, I know what you're thinking. It reminds me of when City appointed Stuart Pearce, and you had Stuart Pearce there, and he came in on the back of a lot of goodwill. And what yeah. a fantastic bloke he You know he is psycho. You know he's. Uh, just blood, guts and thunder <laughs> and that, you know he was the type of player you wanted in your team Shoska was the type of player you wanted on the bench to come off and get these goals but not as a manager you know, this is a guy who's flopped at Cardiff and yeah. found, found the mean he's now, he's someone was saying he's lost six of his last eight Yeah, you it's know, not- uh, this, this isn't w- what we would call a fantastic run it's the worst run United have been on for nearly 20 years but
3: This is great for us because we can just sit back, laugh about it and hopefully get the points tomorrow. But we do need to uh, just cut away for a second, gather our thoughts and we'll come come back after the break. We'll talk a bit about Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez and a bit of David Silva.
2: Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising.
3: Good evening and welcome back to the Manchester City Football Social. With Blooming Rising, I'm Adam and I'm joined by Sam and Walter. We've got loads left to get through. So I'm just going to get straight into it. Let's talk about Phil Foden. Mm. He's now scored in every competition he's played in this season. Some have have slagged Pep off and slagged him off for not being ambitious enough like Sancho. But I think we all saw on Saturday, this is not a player who's going to be on the fringes for very long. Walter, tell tell me about your love for... uh, the Stockport in young yes. man. Yeah, in well, it's um, one. what? A, it's just a talent, isn't it? You know, and he's
2: let's get, he's only doing his GCSEs a couple of years <laughs> ago. You know, he'd have been there in his school uniform, and he's just strikes me. I love the way he's down to earth and he's level headed but you can see the coaching that Pep Guardiola instils in him. You know, when the ball's coming to him, you can see his body shape, you can see him looking around the pitch as the ball's coming to him to see where City players are and the opposition is. So he's he's one of those players with that unique ability to be a couple of steps ahead, if you know what I mean, because he's seeing the bigger picture. And this youth academy at Manchester City and this um, Pep Guardiola... We're making. We're going to be making diamonds over the next few years, and he's just the start. And these diamonds are ultimately are going to help England in any World Cup scenarios Oops. and situations. How he's not got in the fringes of that squad is mind blowing. And he's. We all forget. I know we sort of made the point before how young he is. And if you look at most eighteen-year-olds and most top clubs around Europe, there's not many eighteen-year-olds starting. You know, there's the getting drip-fed in. Long gone are the days of uh, you know Rooney tearing it up when he was probably about twelve at Everton. <laughs> but you know, this is this is, uh, and you see, you can see the physical development of him as well. Yeah. I mean, we spoke about Deli Ali and how bigger he's got, and the, the the sort of benefits to his game that that's brought. But this is going to be for Foden as well because he does sometimes look like uh you know a, like a. Like a kid playing against adults, you know, especially when he comes up against Pogba. But he's got that tenacity as well, which makes up for any sort of shortcomings in his height. Sam,
3: now, does he does he play tomorrow?
4: No, no, no. Oh uh, well,
3: I was going to say you would have
4: thought. I, no, I would have said absolutely not against Spurs as yeah. well. And when I saw it, I, I was flicking between apps on Saturday when I was. And I read it and I thought, oh, this is the bench. And I, don't, I went to look up to see with the real starting lineup. And I was like, he's actually playing. <laughs> I genuinely couldn't believe it, but. Not tomorrow night. Not tomorrow night. Not with David Silver on the bench the the day. Not with Fernandinho on the bench. Obviously, with De Bruyne go, you know, being injured, there's a there's a spot there, but he's going to appreciate Gundogan, isn't he? The the, the the more advanced game intelligence than Foden.
3: I, I think that's that's a nice time to mention David Silver. Let's not go too far in this. We haven't got the time, but let's let's face it and be honest about it. He's been far from his best the last few weeks, and you're not allowed to say that. Do not put that on Twitter oh, because. No, I, it, Everyone hates it, but he has. The, the level he set last season and, and for the majority of this season up until probably the last couple of months was exceptionally high, and he has dipped beneath that a little bit. I don't know whether that's burnout, but does... Well, they're, there's they're two up. questions here: is, A, is, is he playing badly, and we just don't want to admit it, and B, is Foden now his rival... In terms of place, instead of it being Foden instead of Gundogan or whoever, Silva's now on the fringes a little bit, a bit like Foden. It's, it's a really weird. I would weird say one. he's
4: on the fringes because he's starting most
2: games. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think, I think for Spurs he was there.
3: just
4: kind of giving a bit of a rest and keeping fresh because, like you say, He'll play. he brings a lot to to wow. what he in and needed Old Trafford.
2: See, I think the four. I think he's almost like the you know the biblical story of Samson when he had his <laughs> hair cut and he went weak. He's almost the opposite. Of that he's grown his hair back and his playing seems to have suffered for whatever reason. I don't think he's playing as well, and this is a guy who's set the most exceptional standards. You know, if you if you were to pick a, a midfielder and draw one, it wouldn't be David Silva. He's small, he's one-footed. It's all going on upstairs with him because he's got such footballing intelligence and he reads the game so well, and he can find a pass just where a pass is not available. But it doesn't seem to be coming off as consistently as it has been in the past. You know, and I'm not saying that that's the end of David Silver. He's a human being, and, you know, like most human beings, you will not perform at the exact same level over a course of a number of years. So he just seems to me to be not lost his way a little bit, but he does seem to be getting shut down a little easier. The opposition yeah. seem to know what he's going to do.
3: Is this a little bit because of uh, De Bruyne's injury this year? Obviously, put him out of the majority of the season, which means Silva's had to play an unbelievable yeah. amount of games. And at his age, that is going to creep up on you. I he think... said
4: he has said privately a few months ago he can't play three games no a week you know anymore. But he's just he's been asked to do that. Yeah, and you know he he, 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 he thought you know he was in a position where he would need to have his game time managed and it play fewer games. But that obviously hasn't happened for various different reasons, and you know partly because Guardiola keeps trusting him. Um, I mean, it is difficult to know exactly where he stands because it, against Spurs, it could well have just been you know, a mixture of the, fact, of the two factors. Not playing brilliantly, but also needs a rest and will be needed at Old Trafford. So it would be interesting to see what happens. Blywood, you know, of the next four games, obviously we expect him to start the derby, but I wouldn't be surprised if he played all three Premier League games after that just yeah. because the, the stakes are so high. I mean, fine, he's already played Foden in one game and that's kind of thrown my logic out the window a bit, but I just kind of think that... I think Fro- he's going to he's going to get everything he can out of him. Say King.
3: that about the league games, but I think Foden will play in the cup final. So that's Ooh. that for me is already no, d- only because the of biggie. the run um, that he's he's been mm. on in the FA Cup and the fact that Pep clearly trusts him.
4: He yeah, trusts yeah. Him. I mean, now after the Spurs game, yeah. there's, there's no denying that, is and there? And
3: as he said, I am a genius when he was asked, was he <laughs> was he right to well, play him?
4: remember last year when Pep said at the
2: end of the season, he said that. Silva was not going to play as many games or feature as much. He lied. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what managers do, don't they? They just don't <laughs> believe a word they say. But if you take him at face value, there's no reason for him, there's no benefits for him to
4: lie about this. Well, so I think I th- the Sane situation, which we might come to, that's yeah. probably had a bit of a knock-on because you probably didn't expect Bernardo to, self to play in the front line, and obviously, De Bruyne's injury as well is probably. Do you not know find Silver plays
2: that. better when Sane's on the pitch? The two find. Yeah, they idea. link
4: up really well. They, they
2: do link
3: up, up really well. well.
4: And you know when City lost those games over Christmas, and Sane, you know, City were just crossing the ball It's because David Silver was out, and he, they, they that link up wasn't he there. He plays
3: that final ball to Sane, who then squares it for Sterling or Aguero. Yeah, doesn't exactly. It? That's, always, that's probably a good thing to come on to. Sane, really curious case at the moment. We saw at the start of the season where he was left out. And then he, he played really well for a, a large part of the season. And now, he, again, he's he's not playing. He's definitely not playing in the big games, which is slightly odd. Is that because Pep doesn't trust him? Or is it just because we, we work better in a system where Bernardo plays out out wide right and you have uh, Stone on the left? Is he just not getting in because of other performances?
4: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's definitely a bit of like off-the-field stuff tying into him. Yeah, definitely. But... In in terms of, like, they're not trusting him, there's an element of that as well, but the biggest factor, I think, is the fact that Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva, I mean, never mind the goals and the assists and how consistent they are, how often do they give it away? They don't. How often are they caught out because they're not tracking back? Like, Bernardo, obviously, against Spurs, was a great example of how hard he works. And it's not that Leroy Sane... I mean, people kind of talk about him. He suffers in comparison to those other two because they're... Phenomenal, you know they're world class at the moment, and he's just slightly not as consistent as that. But people talk about him as if he's some kind of Adama Traore, you know, he just gets the (laughs) ball and he just runs until he loses it, and that's it. He's not quite that. He's just not quite as just not clicking at the minute. As the other two, you know, the other two are putting in in nine, ten out of tens every week. Guardiola's thinking, well, I'm going to stick with them because Leroy might do a, a seven, he might do an eight, he might do a four. You're not, you're not yeah. quite sure. But the thing is, w- with, his, with Sane, you know you're going to get the goals. You know you're going to get the CSC, he assists. You just need to look at the numbers. You know he understands the system. I personally think City look better. I, for whatever reason, I'm more comfortable when I see Sane Same. at Salhurst Park yeah. really out wide on the left-hand side, literally the old chalk Stretch on his boots. The game, doesn't it That looks better for me. But obviously, when he's not there, there is no tangible difference. Oh. If you could say City are better. It's just a weird situation where he's suffering, and the biggest problem is the fact that there's other two ahead of him are really, really
3: good. But if we're going to talk about players who are slightly out of favour, but another player who's got more than 10 goals and more than 10 assists all, all season, yeah. it's Riyad Mahrez, yeah. people forget that. What What is going to happen there? I know we need to be quick, but he's, he's not going to leave well, in summer.
2: I, I think the thing with Mahrez is he wasn't a sort of normal City buy. No. You look at City have gone in and they've got all these young, 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 young players who have got the ability, I mean, I think Sane's got the ability to go and win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you look at all these players, the buying potential. With him, you wonder, they bought they someone who they thought was at the top of the game and would come in and hit the ground running. But it doesn't seem to have paid off. Not as much as... For example, the other two, Bernardo and Raheem.
3: It's it's hard, isn't it, when you buy a player who was that good at Leicester, and he was the the biggest fish, and what was a smaller pond? Yeah, they won the league. He's now come to a club where he's not going to be the biggest fish. So, but we are going to have to uh, call it call it quits. Oh, we're not. It's fine. It's not. It's not. We've. Got, well, now now we're on
4: Mares. We've um, got love. obviously the story today is that, you know, he's been saying he's unhappy with his playing time.
3: Yeah, that's bad. But that's
4: that's why he was left out of the squad at Huddersfield. I I wrote that at the time, that (laughs) he was left out of the squad at Huddersfield because he'd been been complaining about his game time, you know, around the dressing room. Obviously, Guardiola got wind of it and it was the whole I need happy faces kind of thing. If you're not, you know, if you're not in the team, you need to prove to me why you should be, not moan about it. So it was that. And obviously, if he was unhappy about it then, and he was, you know, because at the time he was playing a lot of minutes, but it was just in the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, That kind of thing wasn't really playing the big games, but he's barely played since then. You know how long ago was Huddersfield? At the end of the end of January, before the Newcastle game, even. So you can see why if he was unhappy then, he's going to be unhappy now. But selling him in the summer is another big thing. But with Zhao Felix interests, yeah, I mean 120 million release clause. I mean, how much? If you can get him for lower than that, how how much lower? Ninety. And then you know they can get George Mendes to move a few players around. Well, no, no, that's genuinely yeah, what happens. Yeah, yeah. That's how Ronnie Lopez ended up at Monaco yeah. when they, got, um, they needed to stump up the extra 10 million for Mangala. And he said, give me a couple of hours. And he rang up Monaco because obviously he's got a big in at Monaco. And then he came back to City. He went, do you want to sell Ronnie Lopez to Monaco for 8 million? They went, that'll work. And they did that. And now Otter one of his clients. Otamendi could go in the summer. I think yeah, he probably will. Um, Mangala again. He signed up to this new contract, so he's going to go. They're trying to wring, wring some money out of him from somewhere. So, But if City get in Jao Felix, then maybe somebody does have to go. Um, obviously, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this would rather it would be Mahrez than Sane, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Gabriel Jesus, even.
3: yeah, that. Because City me. were
4: looking at a number nine as well, Jovic. And I'm not, I mean, Jovic might be going somewhere else. Maybe this is why City won Felix. But the fact that City wanted a number nine in the first place makes you think, that's nine out of three. So it's it's interesting it's interesting I mean something we'll cover it's proper in the Game of Thrones <laughs> or, all the pieces are coming <laughs> yeah. into uh, what situ- are situ- I'm not pro- in Monday night episode yet. Shut up! <laughs> uh, someone,
3: somebody please tweet at some at Sammy Gold. This spoilers. Um, so quick predictions, please for oh. uh, for tomorrow night.
2: The uh, last time I was there it was three 0 so I'm going to go for three nil again.
3: Yeah, three one. See, I'll go two one. I think I think we'll just stumble over the line just well. But again, it could it could be one of those games or it could well be come out, start like we have done in the last few games and if we can blow them away, a bit like in that 3-0 yeah. last time you were there, we can uh, get it done. But uh, if you listen on the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next week and hopefully it's going to be a really, really, really happy show because hopefully there'll be two more wins And we'll be two games away from a Premier League title.
2: Yes. (laughs) Manchester City Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show.
4: Thanks very much for listening to the Manchester Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. I would imagine if you listen to this podcast, you've already subscribed. If you haven't, please do so. And even leave us a little review if you fancy it. Hopefully a nice one. Um, We've got a couple of questions that we didn't quite have time to get to in the main show. Adam, you've, um, yeah, you're the man got, with, the, with the well. With, with certainly, the questions. The questions. Hopefully, yeah. the answers as well.
3: Oh, I haven't got them. Uh, so Mo on Discord asks if we were to sell. I'm paraphrasing here. Sorry, Mo. Your question was much better formed than this. Um, if we sell Mendy in summer, will we be selling? Basically, who who would we bring in to replace oh. Mendy if we sold Mendy? Or would Zinchenko step up? What's the What's the answer there?
4: Oh, oh well, well, time limit. Oh, I, th- I think, wasn't the question that it was a bigger if than that? Is it is it should? Should Mendy should. go? Yeah, go should. Um, the thing is, I, I think the decision had already been made that Mendy was going to stay. Um, Zinchenko was, was doing so well. That new contract's not been announced yet, has it? But that's not a fire off. So it was going to be those two. I mean, I'd even heard a bit of a rumour that there wasn't going to be a left-back at all. But, I mean, look, with Mendy out of the team again now, the knee-swelling problem, I mean, it would be a bit of a risk to go into next season. So the only way City don't get a new left-back is if they... Well, I'm carrying on. If they <laughs> if they get Rodri, if they get someone like Jao Felix, and they spend so much money, maybe on centre back and right back, because if Danilo goes, if Otamendi goes, yeah, yeah. if Gundogan goes, maybe they think right, well, it's a risk again at left back, but we've come this far, we'll be fine. Um, they're gonna spend maybe two hundred million on you know midfielders, forwards, a centre back, a right back. Um, it's it's a bit of a weird one, though. Right. Isn't it? I'd love to get a handle on it. Um,
2: I think you need a left back just because if you look at, we want to win the Champions League, we want to be the best team, and therefore you need the best squad.
4: You don't want to be in a position where Dalph has to play the first game at Spurs, and that's where the goal came from that one lap.
2: I'm going with it. So I don't know who it is, but there's somebody out there, somebody out
4: there for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, that part of the question, I don't know. I mean, I'm a City correspondent. I can have a, I can answer questions about City all day, but if you're asking me about, you know, is there somebody in the Bundesliga who could play left back, I (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't tell you.
3: Right, I'll uh, this one's coming to you Walter. Right, second question from Liam also on Discord. So this one's quite long-winded again. I'm going to paraphrase. It's basically, if City win the domestic treble this season, we are getting ahead of ourselves here. That's a big if. And then if we don't replicate that next season and win two trophies, one trophy, will it be a letdown? Will it have been a bad season? No,
2: not at all. I mean, you look at we we won the Carabao Cup on, you know, on, on penalties. And, you know, the FA Cup, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in there. You know, we had the look against Swansea. So, no, I don't think... You've got to be in it and competing. So if we're playing well and we're competing... For me, that's all you can ask for.
3: And it would have been, it would have been weird if we'd have won the quadruple. If if we'd have gone all the way this year, because <laughs> next year anything you do will be a letdown. Even this season, if we win the league on ninety-eight points, it's going to be a disappointment in some people's eyes because we won it with hundred last year. We can't, no. no, not in in city fans, but it will be a, a lesser achievement. Just because that's the way numbers work. Oh, they, they won it, but it, it wasn't as convincing as last year. It's just <laughs> the way that football works, I suppose, where people are always... Nothing will ever be good enough because I mean, of Twitter. It's a mad, it's a, yeah,
4: exactly. I mean, it's, it's a mad thing oh. to be asking at this stage because, right. you know, that that's far from assured. But if it is, you you can be sure there will be people holding City to that standard next season. I mean, maybe rightly so, but hmm. there's diff- there's different factors. I mean... If it, I mean even at this point I don't think City really need to prove anything to anyone maybe in the Champions League but in terms of our City a great Premier League team yes, yes. Um, and then if you know obviously if they do go on and actually win the title and add the FA Cup as well then I mean that is you know that's blown out of the water there's no doubt about it it's yeah. just it's just kind of how great they can go on to be
3: Make sure you guys listening, get your questions in next week. You can get them through on Twitter. You can text us. You can ring us during the live show that we do on XS Manchester. Or you can get involved on the Discord chat. Just make sure you get them in and we'll do our best to answer them. But thanks, everyone. I think that was a, a nice little way to end. Thanks, thanks to you two for, for being so good. Thank Pleasure you very always. much for the invite. Yeah. And, <laughs> always good. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening. And as Sam said, if you are listening to the podcast, make sure you are subscribed and leave us a nice rating. Bye.